What do Pop Chop, Fuzzable, After Pie, Stargoon, Hanger Dan, and Princess Pow all have in common? They're guinea pig names that an artificial intelligence bot came up with. A couple of years ago, a research scientist named Janelle Shane collaborated with a guinea pig shelter to teach a neural network how to name guinea pigs. And as Gizmodo quotes her, the neural network really picked up on the spirit of guinea pig names, mostly. More on that later. When we asked the SpinSucks community what they thought the biggest trends this year were going to be, artificial intelligence topped the list. So today we're going to look at how big it is predicted to be, what it could do for communicators, and what we may need to be concerned about. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. One of the most exciting things about the growing power and accessibility of artificial intelligence is that it can scale activities that are proven to be effective for business, but are difficult to scale sustainably when done manually. Things such as content personalization, market research, risk assessment, and customer communication take up huge portions of budgets, and AI is beginning to change that. Really change it. It's going to be big, and we need to be ready. Last year's Forbes Insights and Quantcast Research, Lessons of 21st Century Brands, Modern Brands, and AI Report, that's a mouthful, they found marketers who use AI will both increase sales by 52% and increase customer retention by 51%. More than 50%. Can you imagine if sales increased by 50% next month? I would be ecstatic. Of course... I would also freak out because 50% growth in 30 days means something will fall off the rails. Could be client service, ability to deliver on time, hiring capacity. Okay, so maybe 50% growth in 30 days, at least on the service side of the business, doesn't sound so awesome after all. But the ability to grow that much because of AI is there, which means you can plan for explosive growth and then be ready. More and more companies are starting to look seriously at AI-assisted tools to increase their profitability. Salesforce determined that while only 22% of marketers are using AI-based tools, 57% plan to start in the next two years. This is probably a train you want to catch. And if you want more details on the trends toward AI, we've linked to a SpinSucks blog post in the show notes. So let's look at how you can use some of the new tools that are being developed. This can all still sound pretty theoretical, and that's fair. Most organizations aren't leaning on AI yet to scale, save time, or increase productivity. But as I proved through the power of math toward the beginning of this episode, that's likely to change, and fast. Here are some of the ways AI could change the way you work in the coming years, and we'll link to some articles in the show notes for more details. Number one, analytics enhancement. As machine learning becomes more sophisticated, it will be able to make better predictions about what the behavior of online users mean in terms of conversions, lifetime customer value, digital reputation, and more. I've been paying close attention to what the online therapy world is doing with IBM Watson, and I'm very excited about the potential for our industry. Imagine if you're on the agency side that you can have your machine accurately predict how a client will interact with your team and be able to assign your team that way. You'd also be able to predict if they're going to be a pain in the butt or not. 
And on the organization side, imagine being able to accurately predict how long a customer might be with you and how much they'll spend over the lifetime of the relationship. It's all at our fingertips, and some of you may be working with it now. It's very, very exciting. Then you have augmented customer relationship management. Nothing sets communications pros off like debating the merits of one CRM or another, and truly project management systems as well. People have capital F feelings about how to store, organize, and track customer data. AI and those who create it know this and are starting to augment traditional web-based CRMs with machine learning to help compile and analyze customer feedback and even predict behavior. One of the things we're doing right now is collecting data from our new business meetings and enrollment calls and storing it in our CRM. We have almost a year's worth of data and nearly 300 people that will allow us to use AI to determine characteristics of an ideal client, even beyond what we innately think they are, pain points that they have that create a sale and more. I'm very excited about that part. Then we have customer communications. We've talked about chatbots before, and while a lot of them are still pretty weak and can be spotted as a robot a mile away, that's already changing. Also changing is how people feel about talking to robots. Many prefer it to making a phone call or sending an email. One of my favorite AI stories to date is when Martin Waxman was working on his master's degree thesis, and he asked to interview me about AI and communications. One of the questions he asked me was, do you have a relationship with robots? I scoffed at him as if I'm in the movie Her and I'm having a romantic relationship with a robot. Come on. But then he asked me a few questions that turned me on my heels. He said, do you trust Waze or your own brain more when you're going somewhere new? Oh. Do you prefer chatting with someone on their website or calling the organization? Oh, okay, maybe I do have a relationship with robots. As you think about your own website and the interaction both customers and prospects can have, chatbots are an interesting way to go, especially because they keep getting smarter and smarter. And then we have risk assessment. Last week we talked about red flags and all of the work that has to go into digging them up, looking them over, and deciding how important they are. What if an AI could do that, or some of it, and not just for potential clients, but for new product ideas, new hires, or whole new business areas? It would be like having your own crystal ball, one that every professional would have also, of course, but way cool. It's all great so far, isn't it? There are, of course, some concerns and downsides too. I'll be back in just a minute to tell you about them. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO Model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step -step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, 
the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now back to the show. All right, let's get into some potential concerns around AI. None of these are reasons not to explore how it can help you in your work or business, but it's smart to assess risks and opportunities for everything, including AI. Not all is perfect in the world of AI. There are concerns and plenty of them. We could all end up being ruled by our robot overlords with batteries as brains and never needing to eat or sleep or drink wine. That sounds like a terrible life, but there's also value to never having to sleep. Think how much you could get done. I would get a lot done. That may be taking things a little far. Hopefully, we'll stay in control of technology, but it is likely that a lot of jobs we currently do will be done by machines in the future. We can stop that from happening, of course, but why would we? Artificial intelligence can be incredibly helpful and will never be quite as creative or friendly or empathetic as we are, and it can prove everyone's quality of life rather than put it at risk. Getting there is going to be a challenge all on its own, of course, and we absolutely need to be concerned with how it's developing, who's developing it, and what we all understand about the process. Let's look at some of these concerns. First, you have data bias. Data bias is when an AI gets too much of one kind of data and not enough of another kind. This is generally not done on purpose, but results in some significant problems. Artificial intelligence may be intelligent, but it's still a computer program that can only operate based on the information that humans provide it with. If the people who are developing the technology provide one-sided skewed data, <laughs> that is how the AI will develop and perform. If you watched The Good Wife while it was on the air, you'll remember an episode that shone a light on this. Chum Hum, a search engine company, was sued for racial profiling. In the episode, Chum Hum has a new maps feature and corresponding app that warns users if a particular business is in a problematic or dangerous neighborhood. When the restaurant in question is visited, they find that the neighborhood, though marked as dangerous, isn't unsafe at all. It's just largely populated by people of color. That's not good, and it's indicative of what can happen with artificial intelligence when humans have bias. And of course, we all have bias, so it's one massive downside of using robots. Then we have the transparency issue. One of the biggest struggles communicators are going to face as AI becomes more and more popular is transparency. When do you tell someone they're talking to a computer? What kind of information do you need to share about how their data is being collected and used by one? There aren't clear answers to these questions yet, but as Martin Waxman points out in his article last year, when Google made a voice AI so good people didn't realize they were talking to a computer program, they were criticized pretty heavily for it. As an aside, I thought it was pretty cool, but they were very widely criticized. This is something we need to develop standards and practices for, and we need to start now. As in all good communications, transparency is key. Err on the side of communicating the robots are helping you, and you'll always come out ahead. Transparency, transparency, transparency. And last, of course, we have misinformation. And this is the big pink elephant in the room, isn't it? What information is real? How do we determine if it's real? And why on earth won't Facebook ban outright lies? 
It goes further than a misleading or even untrue article making the rounds of the crotchety corners of the web. Deep fake technology allows for incredibly sophisticated and hard to spot image, audio, and even video fakes. Customers, clients, and executives will ask you how their audiences are going to be able to trust the information they provide is real. You'll need to have an answer. The first thing we can do is verify, and then verify and verify again. If you see a headline that either makes your blood boil or you agree vehemently with, verify it. If a competitor or industry influencer shares something you aren't sure is right, verify. Then we need to make sure that everything we create is on the up and up. Nothing has changed when it comes to ethics, honesty, and transparency. Spin Sucks exists for a reason. It's a constant reminder of how to do the right thing every time. If you follow that mantra, every change that comes at us will be easy to navigate. What do you want robots to do in the future? What are you afraid of robots doing? Find us on social or join us in the Spin Sucks community. You can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 